Chapter 31 of Pee Wee Harris on the Trail. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Zoinkmeister Patrick. YouTube.com slash Zoinkmeister. Pee Wee Harris on the Trail by Percy Keese Fitzhugh. Alone. But there was one there who smiled almost fearfully as if doubting his privilege of mirth in the gay, strange company. He smiled, not as one of them, but in silent awe, and did not dare to laugh aloud. He hoped that they would not notice him and tell him to go home. He had dreamed of some day seeing such wondrous boys as these, and here they were before him, all about him, in their natty khaki, self-possessed, unabashed, merry, free. Was not that enough for Peter Piper of Piper's Crossroads? Yes, that was enough, more than he had ever expected. It was like the scene he had pretended out in the little barn when he had presented himself with a fancied signaling badge. Stealthily, his hand moved to his ticking shirt and removed the campaign button, for there before him was a boy with a real, a real signaling badge. His eyes were riveted upon that badge. He could not take them from it. Suppose someone should ask him about the button. Why he was wearing it now that Harding and Coolidge were in office, he would blush. He could not tell them. He hoped that they would not notice him, for he knew he could not talk to them, that his voice would shake, and that he would go to pieces. Now that he saw them, joyous, uproarious, bantering, wearing badges on their sleeves, he realized that what he had done was nothing at all. He heard Scoutmaster Ned humorously belittling the exploits of his own heroes. No. Peter Piper would not step rashly into that bantering throng with that one exploit of his own. So he stood in the bay window, half concealed by the old-fashioned melodeon, and watched them, just gazed at them. And when they all crowded out, he lingered behind and whispered to the music master of the milk cans, Don't tell him, Ham. Please don't tell him anything. About me. And so the party made their way along the dark road, and Peter followed and heard the flattering comments and fraternal plans involving the little hero from Bridgeboro. Evidently, they were going to keep Scout Harris with them and have him patented from what Peter overheard. When they came to Peter's little home, Scoutmaster Ned discovered and spoke to him while Pee-wee was making an enthusiastic pronouncement about Jim Burton's Packard car. You live here, Sonny? Yes, sir, stammered Peter, quite taken aback. Well, now I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to roll this stalled car a little way into your yard to get it off the road, all right? Y yes, sir. Then we're going on to where the little fellow lives. I have to see his folks, and he has to get some scout duds and junk and stuff, and then we're coming back. We ought to be here early in the morning. Y yes, sir. You just keep your eye out for that car, will ya? It has a way of <laughs> disappearing. Yes, sir. I don't mean to watch it all the time, but just sort of have an eye out. I'm taking this little jigger out of the distributor so no one can run the old bus anyway. But you just have an eye out, will you? Yes, sir, said Peter anxiously. That's the boy, and some fine day you'll have a couple of autos of your own to worry about. Peter smiled bashfully, happily. That was a wonderful joke, and a real scoutmaster, just like the pictures, had said it to him. He thought that, with the exception of Theodore Roosevelt, Scoutmaster Ned was the most wonderful scout that ever lived. He wondered how it would seem to know him all the time. Peter had no idea what a distributor was, but he knew now that his method of crippling an automobile was very crude. He was glad they did not know so they could not laugh at him. 
After the Packard car with its noisy load had started for the fairy region where they had movie shows and things and where Scout Harris lived, Peter was beset by an awful problem. He was not sleepy. He would not be sleepy for at least a year after what he had seen, and he intended to watch the car as it should be watched. The question that puzzled him was whether he dared get into it or whether he had better sit on the old carriage step. He finally compromised by sitting on the running board, and there he sat till the owl stopped shrieking and the first pale herald of the dawn appeared in the sky. And when the sun peeked over the top of Graveyard Hill and painted the tombstones below with its fresh new light and showed the gray frost of the autumn morning spread over the lonesome bleak fields and finally cast its cheery light upon the tiny, isolated home, it found Peter Piper, pioneer scout of Piper's Crossroads, seated there upon the running board of Scoutmaster Ned's car, waiting for one more glimpse of those heroes. End of chapter 31 Recording by Zoinkmeister Patrick, youtube.com slash Zoinkmeister.